Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Friday, December 18th edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'll be talking today about my picks, my thoughts, my leans, and what's happening for week 15 in the Circus Sports Million 2, my ATS.io-2 entry, one and a half points out of the money with 15 picks left to make. So hopefully this will be a big weekend for me. I'll tell you my thoughts and what I'm looking at here for this weekend in the NFL. What you should be looking at for this weekend in the NFL is ATS.io. Lots of great content over at the website right now. Picks, predictions, breakdowns, uh, market analysis, which I posted here this morning, talking about sharp money and some line moves here for week 15 in the NFL. Tons of great content. We got a good staff over there covering a lot of different things. And also, too, we're covering the top sportsbook promotions here in the business. Good one from BetMGM for new users. Bet $1 on the money line of any NFL Sunday game here. Win $100 in free bets when a touchdown is scored in any NFL game. So doesn't have to be on the team you bet on. Doesn't even have to be in the game that you bet. Just simply have to have a touchdown on Sunday in the NFL. That will happen. So if you sign up as a new user over at BetMGM through ATS.io, you'll get up to a $500 deposit bonus. Then you can bet $1, win $100 in free bets this NFL Sunday. We've got some good stuff coming up next week for the start of the NBA. Some good offers coming from DraftKings that you'll want to hold on to and wait until you can sign up for those. Although there is one out there posted now over at ATS.io. You can get any of the four teams on December 22nd, opening night in the NBA, Warriors and Nets, Lakers and Clippers, any of those four teams plus 75. Head over to ATS.io, read up on the details for that. That's definitely a great promotion from them. And we've got a look coming up here on Tuesday at some new promotions for the NBA over at DraftKings. So good stuff going on across the U.S. sports betting market. And you can read up on all of those promotions and special offers over at the ATS website. Finally, of course, as you know, download the ATS app, which you can find in the Google Play Store, in the Apple Store, or find direct links to download that over at ATS.io. It's a bet tracker. It's an odd screen. It's got all of the content from ATS.io in it, including full article integration. But that's not all. There's also a statistical database with some advanced metrics, some basic stats, ATS standings, all those kinds of things. Really, really helpful tool to have in the palm of your hand. And if maybe you don't want to do your own handicapping, you can subscribe to the premium model selections in that ATS app. $9.99 a week, $19.99 for the month. Those are off to an excellent start since we added that a little over a month or so ago. So check that out in the ATS app and make sure you download that. And if you're searching for it in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, try searching against the spread. Probably make it a little bit easier for you to find. All right, so here we go. Week 15 in the Circus Sports Million. As I mentioned at the top here, my ATS.io-2 entry, 40, 29, and 1. 
one and a half points out of the money. And I talked about it last week that, you know, I really agonized over the decision as to whether or not I wanted to put my picks in on Thursday. I wanted to take the Rams. They were one of my five favorite picks. I decided not to do it. I spent about an hour and a half weighing the risk reward of taking the Rams there, putting in all five plays. Didn't do it. Opted to go with the Packers instead. They covered in the box score pretty much, but they did not cover the actual result of the game. So instead of going three and two, I went two and three. Instead of being a half point out of the money, I'm now a point and a half out of the money. So those very important, very critical decisions here at this time of the year, you got to get them right. Last week, I didn't get it right. So I lost a little bit of ground uh, in terms of the field, but still 15 picks left to go. And I think I've got to go 11 and four here to uh, have a good shot at finishing in the money. I did that from weeks 11 through 13. So it's certainly not out of the question, but uh, 11 and four does not leave a whole lot of margin for error. So hopefully I have a good week here in week 15 and can position myself to have a little bit of a sweat here in week 16 and 17. The ATS.io-1 entry, 3-2 and two last week, 37-33 and 33 on the season now, and did get one back on me in our season-long drink bet, the Colts covering over the Raiders. So the drink bet now at 5-4 to four in my favor, but with three weeks here left to go. We'll see how that finishes up. I missed this in the Tuesday recap article over at ATS.io, so I apologize for that. But we've got, I believe, six entries here tied at 10 and 0, either six or seven. I'll count them off here as I go. Tied at 10 and 0 for the fourth quarter prize. Now remember the fourth quarter in the Circus Sports Million includes week 17. So 25 picks in the fourth quarter as opposed to 20 like we've seen in the previous three quarters. Riley covers dash one and dash two starting out 10 and 0 here. CSJ 123 dash one, Ryan Hojo dash one, Wally World dash two, and two to get it, dash one, all tied at 10 and 0. So six entries tied at the top, a perfect 10 and 0 here so far in the fourth quarter. 187,000 for first, 75 for second, 25 for third, with the quarter prizes here for the fourth and final quarter of the 2020 season. ODBMG dash two and presence dash two tied for first with 48 points here in the circa. No points for second dash one and DSR 90 dash one tied for third with 47 and a half points. Albo dash one, DV8 dash one tied for fifth with 47 points. 818 Madden 20 survivors alone in seventh with 46. Presence's other two entries in the Circa Million dash three and dash one tied for eighth along with chicken dinner dash one, 45.5 points there to round out the top 10. Million for first, 300K for second, 100K for third. Prizes go on down from there. And of course, if there are ties for certain positions, like for example, ODBMG-2 and Presence-2 tied for first right now with 48 points, those two entries would split the first and second prizes. So that would be, what, 650K each with a million for first, 300K for second. So that's how it works with the prizes here. Uh, you know, you split all of the prizes from those places if there are ties. As I mentioned, I'm a point and a half out of the money with 40 and a half points. So the cutoff for the money is 42 points. That's the top 50 plus ties. And a shout out to the Fitz Magical Four, 22 and 48 on the season in the lead for that $100,000 booby prize. So that goes to the lowest point total 
of the entry that makes all 85 selections in the Circus Sports Million. The field last week, 50.44%. Top five consensus did go four and one, but the number one team lost. That was the New Orleans Saints. Not only did they fail to cover, but they also lost the game outright. So adding insult to injury there. The consensus nine and seven over the 16 games last week. The top five consensus doing excellent here this season, and it has bounced back recently. Now 38 and 32. The consensus, the most popular side in each game, 99, 105. Year to date record for the field as a whole in the Circus Sports Million, 49.67%. And there are 82 entries left standing in the Circus Survivor. That was supposed to be a winner take all, uh, 1.39 million in the prize pool for that. But with 82 left, it certainly does appear that you know we're going to have multiple entries splitting that Circus Survivor prize. And I believe if you got through all 17 weeks plus the Thanksgiving uh, week that was a week unto itself, they were adding to the prize pool for that. So we'll see how many people survive this week. I assume the Rams will be taken by everybody that has them left laying 17 and a half against the uh, New York Jets. But we'll see how many entries don't have the Rams and how many potentially get knocked out here in the Circus Survivor. As far as the Super Contest goes, which we are still covering over at ATS.io, recap article every Tuesday, preview article every Sunday morning, 49.07% last week in the Super Contest, 49.32% for this season. Weekend Warrior is the only entry at 10-0 here in quarter four. That only goes through week 16. So only through week 16 for the Super Contest, all the way through the end in the Circa for that final quarter. ODBMG2, the leader over there by four points at 48, 20, and two. Invisible, second with 45. Chazman, Hugo, 77, tied for third. Tourist, Ufi, 69, and D Fleming, 221 tied for fifth with 44 points. So uh, ODBMG too, you know, tied atop the Circa, leading the Super Contest by four points, a very important final three weeks for that entry. And he was also the first quarter winner in the Super Contest as well, I believe. Uh, So already made some money with a chance to make a whole lot more here over these final three weeks. So as far as this week 15 card goes in general, I don't love much this week. And last week, you know, as I've talked about already, I had a decision to make on Thursday night. I had my five plays ready to go. A lot of things jumped off the card right away. Uh, The Rams would have been a winner. I went two and two on the other picks that I would have had had I submitted on Thursday. This week, that is not the case at all. I'm slowly putting together the card here for week 15. And again, all the decisions in this contest are really important because you only make 85 picks. But with 15 picks left here and a chance at the money, uh, they're magnified that much more in importance. So I'm a little bit concerned that nothing has really jumped off the page at me this week, but I've gone through, done my due diligence, done my research, kind of followed along with what the betting markets are doing. And I've got three very likely picks and three leans here for today's show. Now, again, as I always preface this, I've got about 28 hours until I've got to send my picks into the proxy Saturday, 4 p.m. deadline. So I've still got some time. Again, unless something dramatically changes, I won't play the other side of any of these games. But, you know, obviously with injury reports and COVID and all the other things that are going on here in the NFL world, it's a possibility. 
it's just very unlikely. So it's, there's a high likelihood that five of these six games I talk about will be on my week 15 card here. And as always, I'll go by rotation number. This isn't in order of how I like the plays or anything like that. Just going by rotation number here. And we start on Saturday with number four, the Carolina Panthers. They are plus eight and a half in the circa for this week. And, you know, one of the big things that's very important when you're an underdog, you know, of this magnitude of more than a touchdown is that you've got to take care of the football if you want to hang around in a game like that. Because, again, there's an obvious expectation in play here. There's a reason why you're more than a touchdown underdog, and the Panthers are in that spot here this week. But like I said, they take care of the football, and it is pretty tough to get blown out, even in today's NFL, when you take care of the football. And, you know, something I talked about a lot here over the course of the season, and I have gone against this sentiment a little bit, and I did it last week, in fact, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I don't think the bye week has been great for a lot of teams. Now, it was good for the Buccaneers. They wound up playing a decent game against Minnesota, but I will talk about that in a little bit here. But for the Panthers, you know, they had some bye week blues. They had some guys get COVID earlier in the week. They had some COVID scares with contact tracing and stuff like that. And they just kind of got out of rhythm a little bit, I think. I think it's a good thing for them to not play well last week because now I think they refocus for the last of this three-game push here. And this was not a team with delusions of grandeur in terms of trying to make the playoffs or anything like that. They're a younger team, first-year head coach in Matt Rule at the NFL level. Teddy Bridgewater, of course, you know, back in a starting capacity. They've been without Christian McCaffrey for a long period of time and will be without McCaffrey again this week based on all indications. But this is better than a 4-9 and nine team. This is a team that's only minus 25 in point differential. They have a positive yards per play differential on the season. And they've scored on 45.2% of their drives. They've only turned the ball over 13 times. The Packers defense only has 13 takeaways. So to me, I've got a game here where there's a little bit of a higher scoring expectation. The Panthers are comfortable playing in those games. They score on 45% of their drives. That's quite solid. They don't give the football away. And the Packers don't take the football away. So I think Carolina can keep this game close here. And furthermore, too, you know, we're seeing a little bit of Panthers money in the marketplace. This one's eight pretty much market-wide, eight and a half, of course, in the contest. But the total's going up, and the Panthers line is coming down. And again, that would imply to me, in terms of looking at context clues in the betting market, that the Panthers will be able to score in this game. And if the Panthers can score in this game, I very much trust in their ability to stay within the number for this one. So Panthers plus eight and a half, number four in the Circus Sports Million rotation order, the first of my very likely picks here for week 15. Next up, number 17, the Seattle Seahawks. They are minus five and a half against the Washington football team. This will in all likelihood be a top five consensus pick. I'm not really worried about that. At this point in time, I'm not trying to make up a ton of ground. I'm just trying to pick winners. You know, I know that I'm not going to finish in the top 10 or anything like that. I just want to cash. I just want to finish in the money. So I'm not worried about trying to fade the consensus or anything like that. I just want to pick sides that I think are going to win. And I think the Seahawks are a good side this week. You know, I'm happy to fade Washington. I faded Washington last week against San Francisco and, you know, San Francisco 
I mean, look, they, they have issues. They had some turnover problems in that game. Nick Mullins is not the answer, but they realistically could have covered that game. I mean, again, they held Washington under 200 yards of offense, under 100 passing, under 100 receiving. Washington had two defensive touchdowns in that game. And the fact of the matter is that Washington has not exceeded 340 yards in four straight weeks. And this Seahawks defense has gotten a lot better with Jamal Adams, with Carlos Dunlap, with some of the changes they've made throughout the course of the season. This Seattle defense has gotten significantly better. And I would expect that they hold the Washington offense down much like pretty much everybody else has over the last several weeks of the season here. First home game back after three road games for Washington. I think that's a little bit of a tricky spot. And generally speaking, except for, you know, that little period surrounding the Bills game pretty much for Seattle, they generally take good care of the football. Russell Wilson usually is protective of the football. And if Washington's not going to get those turnovers with that anemic offense, then they're really going to struggle. And when I look at Washington and their full body of work here, to me, they haven't played an above average offense since they played the Rams on October 11th, gave up 429 yards, got beaten badly in that game. They gave up 372 to the Lions a few weeks ago. Maybe that's the closest thing they've played to an above average offense here of late. I agree with the sharp money. I'm not worried about the long travel. This is a spot to me that kind of feels like last week's game for the Giants, where the Giants welcomed Arizona cross country early kickoff and the Giants, you know, their defense hung in there, but the offense was just putrid in that game. And I talked about this, you know, with Washington last week when I faded them and I'll talk about it again here in the current landscape of the NFL. I think when you have to consistently, continuously ask your defense to answer the call, I think it's a hard thing to do. The bye week was a long time ago for Washington. Maybe the 49ers just were that bad last week. And of course, the two defensive touchdowns. I don't think we see that here this week. I agree with the sharp money. I agree with the movement on this game. I'm taking the Seahawks here, number 17, minus five and a half. And again, I think it's going to be a top five consensus pick, but I'm not worried about that. I just want to pick winners here so I can try and make something and and be in the money here after all the hard work put into this season. Next up on the board here for me in terms of very likely picks, number 22, the Jacksonville Jaguars are plus 12 and a half against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I wish this was 13. I absolutely wish that this was 13. Not that 13 is a key number or anything like that, but you know, I just you want to get the best number that you can in this contest where the lines are stale. And the sometimes you know the Westgate and the Circa will shade these numbers a little bit And I think they correctly shaded this one here with the Jaguars at plus 12 and a half. Look, a lot of worries about Baltimore coming into this game. Their injury report is long, in particular, on the defensive side. They're on a short week coming off of the game of the year against the Browns. Very emotional game. They lose Trace McSorley, of course, in that one. So now they're a little bit iffy at the quarterback position. If Lamar Jackson gets hurt, if something happens and The fact of the matter is, look, Jackson is a very active guy. You know, he will hold the ball in the pocket for too long. He will scramble around and take some shots. You never know. You know, that always is a possibility. There's just a lot going on for the Ravens right now, including the fact that some of their skill position guys, including a few wide receivers, have some contact tracing concerns. Now, 
I don't think that they're going to miss the game or anything like that. But, you know, once again, missing weeks of practice, nothing has been rhythmic for the Ravens here over the last several weeks of this season because, you know, they had games pushed back, lost practices due to COVID, so on and so forth. So there's just a lot going on with this team coming off of a very emotional win over the Browns. Now, the Jaguars get Gardner Minshew back at the helm here, and I think this is very important. Minshew is not a spectacular quarterback by any means, but a 14-5 to touchdown interception ratio and a 65% completion percentage in the games that he has played so far here this season. And Jake Luton and, and Mike Glennon posted a 5-9 to touchdown interception ratio. So the Jaguars just need to take care of the football, and I think they can hang around. They're still playing pretty hard for the most part. They're not getting blown out a whole lot. I know last week they did by Tennessee, but now they get Minshew back. That should help the offense. Robinson's having a nice season running the football. And the Ravens, to me here, I think this is a win and get the hell out of Dodge kind of spot. You know, this is one on a short week. You don't need style points. You're not worried about doing anything other than winning this football game. And I think they could relax in the second half of this one a little bit. And also, too, I don't see Lamar Jackson wanting to run around a ton. You know, he's had double-digit carries the last few games that he's played, only had nine against the Browns, but it would have been more if he didn't miss, you know, a pretty significant portion of that game. I don't think the Ravens want him getting banged around in this spot against the Jaguars where they probably feel like they can just run the football, get a win, and get out of dodge. So, you know, I'm not impressed with Greg Roman's play calling. A lot of that was Jackson improv last week for the Ravens and also a pretty bad Browns defense. Not that the Jaguars' defense is great, but you know what? They're playing hard. They get Minshew back. They haven't quit on the season. I think we see it here. So the three very likely picks for me for this week, Panthers plus 8.5, Seahawks minus 5.5, Jaguars plus 12.5. Now, as I said, there's not a whole lot that has jumped off the card to me this week, but I do have three leans that are in contention. Two of them I do like more than the third one, and I will key in on that as I go through these here, but one of the leans is number nine, the Tennessee Titans minus 11 against the Detroit Lions. And I think the Titans can really put one on Detroit here. I really do. Tennessee, fewest turnovers in the league. Lions allowing points on over 45% of opponents' drives. So the Titans should score at will in this game. I think they should march up and down the field, not really have a whole lot of problems with that in terms of, you know, uh, picking up yardage, picking up points, so on and so forth. For the Lions, Matt Stafford is clearly not 100%. And when you talk about a game like this, where it's supposed to be an up-and-down type of game, you really wonder if the Lions can keep pace here with Matt Stafford as banged up as he is. And if he takes any hits in this game whatsoever, you know, that could be a spot where all of a sudden Chase Daniel has to come in and try and participate in this arms race with the Titans. And quite frankly, I think if Stafford were to go out, I think the Lions would just completely quit and wave the white flag on this game. This Titans offense, over 420 yards each of their last four games. Yeah, the defense has some issues, but, you know, the Titans are going to be able to hang a number here. The Lions don't get pressure. They've allowed the second highest net yards per pass attempt in the NFL. They've got the second worst red zone defense in terms of touchdown percentage. And the Titans have the third best red zone offense in terms of touchdown percentage. Titans third in points per drive. Lions are 16th in points per drive. And again, 
if you're looking at a high scoring expectation in this game, and that is what the suggestion currently is in the marketplace, the Titans should score at will. I don't know if the Lions can. The Titans take great care of the football, so they should be in scoring position on a lot of their possessions. It's a big number at 11. I get it. The Titans defense is not spectacular, but I just don't know how invested the Lions are in this game. So Titans minus 11 uh, would be one of the stronger leans here for me on this week's card. Next up on the board, number 14, the Atlanta Falcons plus five and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, again, I wish this was six and maybe that's enough to keep me off of this game. I'm not sure. But when you look at the at the Falcons versus the Chargers game last week, the Falcons 5.8 yards per play to 4.9 yards per play. They won that game in the box score. Matt Ryan had three interceptions, only the 11th time in 202 games that Ryan has had at least three interceptions. And you wonder, you know, was it just some bad throws, some bad decision-making? Was it the fact that Julio Jones wasn't there and Julio Jones will not be there again this week either? But... You know, for the Buccaneers last week, they had the big yards per play advantage on Minnesota, but the Vikings ran 76 offensive plays. The Buccaneers benefited from three missed Vikings field goals and an extra point. That should not have been a 26 to 14 game. That should have been at a minimum, you know, maybe a nine point game or an eight point game where Tampa Bay still would have covered the number, but it wouldn't have looked the way that it does. So, There were two pass interference calls in the end zone that helped Tampa Bay. Uh, Yeah, okay, you know, the Vikings offense wasn't spectacular from an efficiency standpoint, but the Buccaneers weren't as good in that game as the final score would suggest. I think they still have some issues here. And also, too, the Falcons have had some big efforts since Raheem Morris took over. And all the picks last week for Matt Ryan in plus territory, one of them, in fact, in the end zone on a deep ball, The Falcons are better than what they showed last week. They're a team that's on the plus side and point differential this year, despite their bad record. They have been badly outgained from a yards per play standpoint, so there is that. But Falcons plus five and a half is on the short list for me here. I don't know if I want to go against the Tampa Bay money, if I want to take this at five and a half instead of six, but I do think that Tampa Bay did benefit from some things in their favor last week against the Vikings. And I also think that Atlanta got a little bit unfortunate with the three Matt, Matty Ice interceptions because they did outgain the Chargers on a yards per play basis pretty significantly in that game. So Falcons plus five and a half on the short list here for me. And then finally, number 19 in the Circa Million rotation order, the Minnesota Vikings minus three. And I just talked a little bit about the Vikings and their performance last week that they kind of caught the Bucks and the Buccaneers at a bad time. The Bucs had the bye, got healthier at the wide receiver position, all that kind of thing. I think the Bears really caught the Texans at a good time as well, where they blew out Houston last week. Think about this. Minnesota was laying three at Chicago back on November 16th. Now Minnesota is only laying three at home. And Minnesota is one of those teams, and I talked about this a lot, whether it was with Brian Blessing or whether it was on this segment here, that the Vikings got overpriced in the marketplace. They got off to that slow start. They roared back up into the 500 range to get back in the playoff discussion. They got overpriced in the marketplace. They have lost four straight against the spread. Now, to me, I think this is a buy point 
for Minnesota. I think three is a cheap number here. As I said, they were laying three on the road on November 16th against Chicago. Now they're laying three at home a month later. What has changed? To me, I think Minnesota is actually playing better. And this line is still that same minus three number. So I think this line is too low. In the first meeting, Vikings five and a half yards per play to just three yards per play for Chicago. The Bears were two of 11 on third down in that game. We know Mike Zimmer's a great play caller. Third down defense, even though Minnesota's defense is not great from the full body of work, they're fifth in third down conversion rate against. They've been very good on the money down. The Bears, 32nd in third down conversion rate on offense. So to me, that suggests more scoring opportunities for the Vikings, more punts for the Bears, giving the ball back to this Vikings offense. Maybe the Bears defense is still pretty good, but I still think that simply on volume alone, the Vikings will have more scoring opportunities, more chances to get in the end zone. And as I said, they left 10 points on the field last week with three missed field goals and a missed extra point against the Buccaneers. Now, they weren't easy field goals by any means. Two of them were 40-plus, one was 50-plus. But still, the Vikings were in a position to cover that number. And if they cover that number against the Buccaneers, this is probably Vikings minus four, maybe even four and a half. But they didn't. And now it's minus three. And I think we have a good buy point here on Minnesota. So the three leans for me, Titans minus 11, Falcons plus five and a half, Vikings minus three. So I got to find five plays probably out of these six, but the very likely picks for me, Panthers plus eight and a half, Seahawks minus five and a half, Jags plus 12 and a half. And then the leans are Titans minus 11, Falcons plus five and a half and Vikings minus three. You can check out ATS.io on Saturday evening with the Circa article, the pick counts, the consensus, and also our official plays for our ATS.io dash one and dash two entries. Coming up on Monday, I'll chat about what we saw over the weekend in college football, give you my lines on the bowl games and talk about where I'm off market and all of that as we have an idea of who's going where to play in which bowl games. Tuesday, Brian Blessing talks NFL. Wednesday, Kyle Hunter, college football and college basketball. Thursday, Brad Powers, college football and the NFL. Friday, Circa Picks for Week 16. It is Christmas morning, so I'll probably end up recording that Thursday night or something like that, depending on what I like for Week 16. There is a Friday night game, Minnesota and New Orleans. A couple of Saturday games as well. So I'll do the best I can to get that segment out in a position where you can actually listen to it. I know a lot of people probably not traveling for Christmas this year. Uh, so, you know, I'll do the best I can to get that out and, and probably have it out Friday morning. I understand people probably won't listen to it with the Christmas holiday, but, you know, kind of is what it is when the holidays fall on weekdays here. Uh, one other announcement is that not this upcoming Monday, but the following Monday, Kyle Hunter and I will do the show on Monday instead of Wednesday. Uh, works out better for both of us. Once college football is done, when he's not betting totals on Mondays, stuff like that. So Kyle Hunter will move back to Monday uh, after the Christmas holiday, and then we'll be doing that throughout the rest of the college basketball season. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a happy, healthy, smart, safe weekend, and I will talk to you again on Monday. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. 
No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.